You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, guys and gals. Um, you know, obviously, you know, uh, it took the Friday evening off here. Um, I, it's For me, if it doesn't rain, we've got a lot of soccer to make up. So we've been on the fields Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We were on the fields earlier today. Five games coached in about a 72-hour span. I do enjoy doing it, but I just sometimes wish Mother Nature would cooperate. Or if the fine folks would have listened to me and said, maybe we should start looking into some of these training facilities that have full indoor fields so we don't have to always double up, triple up. But that is what it is, but we are back here to record this evening. Um, We've actually, this is actually going to pretty much be straight mailbag here, and uh, I appreciate you guys for that. It's always cool that you guys were able to give us, you know, a ton of stuff that you want to talk to. I mean, or at least talk about and the questions that we can work with. So I do appreciate everybody. You know, given the assistance in that. So we're going to get into your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Pete Smith in here. Uh, Pete working his butt off on his new project. But hopefully we should get to hear, you know, start to see some, uh, you know, fruition of all the work and the effort here in the next couple of days as he, you know, continues to get, uh, you know, put a bunch into it. Uh, Pete, first things first, uh, you know, it's been about 48 hours. We good? Uh, the fingers, we, we cramping up yet here with all everything we're putting in or what, bud? Uh, no, I'm all right. It's... Uh, just learning how to do all the new stuff I sort of have access to, which the doodads. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm, what? Yeah, I'm hoping it'll it'll it, it, some of it just is going to be a matter of getting used to it, but it should definitely provide some different dynamics that I'm pretty happy to be able to finally do. This is you know obviously with uh, NFL Spin Zone, I was just doing writing. This is uh, has a lot more options in terms of things that I can do or different ways I can provide content. So. That's sort of what's going on, and you know, I'm looking forward to that to see how that sort of goes off. But uh, this is that's one of those things where it's like, uh, hurry up! You know, you want it to hurry up and get here, but you also want to make sure everything's ready to go. Yeah, last thing you want to do is have a grand opening and then you know you only have fifty percent of your product. Um, so uh, brought uh, brought to you tonight by Blue Chew guys. We'll get to that in a little bit here. Um, but like I said, most of this is actually you know tonight's content is going to come from you guys. You know sometimes we're just going to find a highway and jump off on it, and run. But uh, this is one I've gotten a little bit, and I forget the specific person who sent it. But this is you know I yeah you know, I, I know it's one of the uh, listeners. Uh, you know a, a lot of you guys listen. You know uh, you know across the pond over you know England, Ireland, all that area, obviously all of Europe. But. Uh, Pete, they, they wanted a, you know, because, I, I, you know, obviously with social media, you know, Mike, Will, Sam, the linebacker position, um, in no way is any one of them the same. There are some guys who are capable of doing more than one role, but it, 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 there is some complexities to it. Yeah, so uh, so first and foremost, uh, Sam is uh, the terminology for strong side linebacker. Mike is middle linebacker. Will is weak side linebacker. Uh, and the way you know, the, the, there's some basic uh, thought process to what those things do, uh, and there's some nuances that have that have changed a little bit as sort of time has gone on. So. Uh, Sam linebacker is traditionally played to the run strength of a formation uh, that tends to be over tight ends and where the run threat is because they need to be able to take on contact, be able to, you know, avoid being uh, reached so they can cut off plays, force plays back inside to your help, which is the rest of the defense. And, you know, in a perfect world, which is why this position is such a difficult one and sort of been reduced is 
you know, day, years and years ago, the idea was that the Sam Backer was basically your best dude because if he had the ability to hold up at the point of attack and be able to cover a tight end and be able to do some of the other things like running around, like you were spoiled. So the prospect of having a, a spectacular full-service strong side linebacker is a very tantalizing aspect. But obviously, especially in the last like 10 years uh, and more so even in the last five, where you're you know, getting more, 265, 270 pound tight ends. <laughs> yeah, and and you know the, the the move has largely been just get rid of that player and put another defensive back on the field because they're just so hard to match up with tight ends and they're very easy to sort of scheme around. That you have to have somebody truly special who can you know match up with slot receivers and stuff like that to be viable for more than just run situations. Uh, Mike Linebacker, the Jamie Collins, the Jamie Collins version of New England. Yeah, if he, if he was, yeah, absolutely. He was the, he was, you know, when he was good, he was everything you wanted in that. Uh, he could do a little bit of everything. Uh, and, and obviously they had him play some, you know, defense types uh, and be a shutdown linebacker in, in terms of opposing tight ends. He was remarkably good yep. in that role, which is why it was such a big deal to get him, uh, you know, and he was decent, but not as good as you would hope he'd Hope you've been. It's not like the, the bet was a bad trade. It just wasn't a great trade. Uh, Mike Backer is obviously the the middle guy. Um, old school. It was basically guard to guard. You took everything in between. Uh, you know, you were you were tasked to be able to take on a fullback uh, and and still make the play and find the tackle. Nowadays, obviously, less fullbacks. That doesn't mean you don't have to be able to take on a boss block, but it does change the dynamic in terms of how much range you're expected to have. You're no longer guard to guard is no longer it. You're not, uh, mm-hmm. or or in the case of like uh, Mike Singletary, it was like a a gap to other side of a gap. Um, <laughs> they they had him doing so little, and he just absolutely crushed it in terms of what he was responsible for. But so now you need to have the ability to still take on some contact and take on blocks, but you also have to be able to fly. You know, ideally you're wanting somebody with sideline to sideline range. You know, that's. Why a guy like Trey Watson ultimately goes undrafted is because he was that old school hammer, uh, and there is a use for that type of player. It's just not starting, which is why Joe Schobert and Luke Keekley and goes like guys like that are such a commodity. Is in that they can play the run, they can make plays in the backfield, they can blitz, but they can also help you flying around making plays in run defense or coverage. That's become sort of the new standard. Uh, Brian Erlacher is sort of. You know, that prototype in that respect. And then weak side linebacker to the, again, away from the run strength. It also tends to be called to the pass strength, especially the way things are going now, because Will Linebacker is expected to be able to play in space uh, and potentially some tight ends and stuff like that. Uh, But they are expected to be able to cover a lot of ground, uh, run well, uh, and they are expected to be able to operate mainly in space. They're not going to see as many tight ends. They're not going to be able. To, they're not going to be expected to take on as many blocks. But they are going to be a t- guy that needs to have the ability to make up ground, the ability to make plays protected. Uh, basically, if you have a will linebacker who is not getting blocked which is the design and he's not making plays for you in terms of making tackles or being able to make plays in coverage or help you in that respect. You're, you're, you're not getting enough out of that position. So that has become sort of the new, uh, you know, 
ridiculously important position to have more so than Sam now. Sam has become so reduced that Will Linebacker has become sort of that new guy because when you go to nickel and dime and those things, uh, if you if you keep two linebackers on the field, uh, the, the Will Linebacker tends to be the other guy who ends up in the box. You could still be flexed out, but you ha- you're being asked to do so much more than you used to be. So that's why, in some respects, some of these teams are using safeties to do that job, uh, to get more speed, a little yep. bit lighter, a little bit better in space. But the guys who are great at it, you know, Thomas Davis, when he was in his prime, is a great example of a guy who was just outstanding in that role and, and could do those type of things, uh, that that becomes sort of the new uh, really hard-to-find spectacular position to get. Uh, guy, you know, Derek Brooks played Mike Linebacker, but he sort of had that skill set to play Will. There are a lot of guys who can do those type of things that make your team better, uh, and and that's sort of where, what linebacker he's evolved into. But Sam Linebacker is the quickest guy to come off the field generally, uh, and Mike and Sam are the guy. Or I'm sorry, Mike and Will are the guys who basically never come off the field. And then if you get to a situation where it's one linebacker, uh, it basically just becomes whoever your best cover man is. Uh-huh. If, if that's a Will, uh, he becomes Mike, has to understand how to operate Mike. But really, it's a coverage thing. So, you know, in years past with the Browns. When Kirksey was the world linebacker, he'd often be slide inside to Mike uh, for that situation uh, and, and be able to do sort of both jobs. Uh, now, obviously, Schobert never comes off the field and in a world where he potentially would, you know, theoretically be moved to Will Backer if he's the only guy, he will definitely stay on the field. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously with the nickel, with the you, you keep the two, you keep the Mike, you keep the Will. Uh, you know, it's you know, it, it, it it's. Not to pigeonhole it, but you know, you know, your, you know, your Sam would kind of usually, hopefully, your biggest, toughest dude because he's one to get on the outside shoulder of that tight end. So any run that's going to be outside, they're going to have to cut inside off of him. Which you know, as Pete mentioned, it's going to bring all the traffic to him. You, the will, that's you know, you got the freedom. Yeah, I mean, you are the run. You are the quickest guy. You know, obviously, you're going to be on the side. It could be twins with a you know tight end on on the other side. Mike is usually, you know, and the thing with the mic is, is you also have to be extremely intelligent because there's going to be a, resp- a lot of responsibility put on to you because, you know, it traditionally almost 90, I mean, I would say 90, what, out of 32 teams, if, if there, you know, 30 teams should have their mic linebackers making all the calls and the adjustments and everybody feeding off of it and operating off of it. But, uh, you know, if this is something, you know, uh, so we got this one out there, you know, you guys have questions about this. By all means, feed those in. I mean, we, we can get to these too. It's you know, it, it's it just adds more to the show. And obviously, here we have a little bit more ease in the content we're putting out. As you know, so if, if you guys want to continue to add this type of stuff, routes, things of that nature, any other questions you have as far as the actual play of the game, guys, by all means, you know, go ahead and just let us know. We can go that route as well. Here, we've got a great question we're gonna get to here from. Um, uh, Matthew Darcy, and I actually like this one a lot. Um, but Pete first is going to give you everything you need from the good folks over at Blue Chew. Right. So, look, if you're like Jeff, and you know, you're, even if you're a star like Steph Curry, uh, you run into situations where you're apparently not performing your A game, at least off the court. Um, he's going to the Western Conference Finals, but apparently he's not getting it done where he needs where, where he needs to, at least according to the wife, who publicly let it out there. So, you know, if nothing else, maybe this is a conversation that she's sort of making it okay to have. Uh, 
But listen, Steph Curry could probably use some blue chew. It's obviously got the ingredient, the, the FDA-approved ingredient that is in Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. It's blue chew, like the color blue. Uh, it just gives you that confidence. You know, Curry in the second half of Game 6, you know, maybe had some blue chew. At half Took it at the wrong the time! Mrs. Curry's not happy about that! But uh, he, in the first half, he, he, he looked like a guy who just... Uh, didn't have that confidence. So this is something Joe that uh, people need to be not afraid to have that conversation, not afraid to be able to sort of communicate. So ladies who are listening, uh, have that conversation with your spouse. I mean, if it's, if you're, if you're not happy, you're, you're in the Aisha Curry boat. Hopefully you don't, you know, feel the need to take it to a public forum like that and just talk to him. But, uh, look, if, if this is what it's going to take to make you happy, to make you feel like uh, you're a valued part of the home, the relationship as a woman, all those things, make sure you have that conversation and, and get it done. This is an easy, uh, low-risk type of way to do it. There's, you know, you can take it any time after meals or anything like that. So, you know, let's let's do, let's do what we need to do to make sure everybody's uh, happy and uh, the proper level of confidence, male or female, in this situation. Yeah, guys, so uh, go ahead, check out BlueChew.com and use the promo code Locked On. No, but seriously, guys, I mean, anybody who needs it, you know, as Pete said, you want to wake up feeling dangerous. You don't want to be Joe Flaccid. True. Now, this one from Matthew, I actually, I like this one a lot here. And this is starting to get into what we're talking about here. And with the Browns, uh, with I believe it's $44 million of the rollover cap is used in to what will be the 19th season, is going to make for a bunch of questions in the 2020 season. So Matthew actually gave us a nice list of names here. And it's going to be interesting here. 2020, who's still with the team? And I, I, I guess we'll go player by player. Joel Batonio. For me, that's a no-doubter. He's in. Yes. And, and, uh, and I'm again, and I, I'm sure Joel uh, is probably tired of talking about this. But, I, you know, this... They are in a situation where it's possible that we could revisit the right, the left tackle uh, conversation again. So yes, he's 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 a you know people say he's an expensive guard. He really isn't, and he'd be a really cheap tackle. Well, I mean, you you traded away the more expensive guard. Um, but uh, yes, but the other thing though is is sometimes it doesn't matter the guy's position if he's getting the job done. It and he's been here for a while. He deserves it. The the the, the stuff you don't you know if you're just saying well he's a guard. Um, Joel does all of the polling, like every bit of the polling. If you watch on tape or whatever, he's really, really good. Pulling out to the left side, getting out there, leading the way into the alley, pulling to the right side, whether it's a trap block or or going up and finding uh, a guy on sort of a counter block. He really, really does allow you to do a lot of things in that. And uh, from that standpoint, he really is good. Like I know, uh, you know, PFF will tell you the left guard is is the least valuable, and I guess in pass protection that may be somewhat true because he's dealing with the nose more often than the three, although that's not exactly like set in stone. They can flip sides however they want. And we've uh, talked about this a million times with find the, find the turd. So you take your best player yeah. and challenge that play, the challenge of the turd. Yeah, but, but it, it, you know, a, a traditional sense, your left guard is the guy you want to have the most movement skills and the ability to get out, and Joel Batoni has been great with that. You've, even if you just go back and look at some of the highlight runs of this past season, you see him doing a lot of pulling. Yeah, and uh, look, there, it, for me, that's a no-doubter. Joel, Joel's a safe one. J.C. Treader, this is one, uh, you know, Brent, uh, and I saw some of you guys 
given uh, Brent Soblewski a little bit of heat. Guys, he's tasked with doing an article. He just goes through it and tries to find a player from each team that's going to match what he was assigned to do. I don't think Brent's trying to kick J.C. Treader out the door by any means, if for 2019 at least. But 2020, J.C. Treader. I'm, I'm saying he's going to be here because I can't imagine that they're going to say, hey, guy who you know busted your ass on one leg and plays center – which is a comfort position as much as it is anything else. And the fact that Treader can pull, like one of the best centers in the league, uh, he has the ability to do all those things. I'd be stunned. The other part of that is if you're looking at this from the standpoint of where the money is, you know, when all is said and done, they should only have two guys that are making a ton of money on that offensive line. And Betonia is one of them, and Treader would be the natural other. That's the one position I would hope they're not messing with like and again if we look at the Packers at least for right now they're not messing with Corey Lindsley they drafted Elkin Jenkins I think he's going to be the right guard at least for the time being and they've said that so yeah so uh yeah but uh, with with Shredder look reward the guy and and I don't think he's going anywhere because John Dorsey giving him a little heat about not practicing like jokingly or whatever but uh John Dorsey understands the guy who where we had Kevin Zeitler was on here and said, I don't know if I could have done it if my ankle was like that. Um, John Dorsey, that's the type of thing that draws John Dorsey. A guy in a foxhole, that's definitely a John Dorsey type of guy. If he's if, if Treader is 100% this year and you know he, he gets to play the whole season and not deal with anything, I think he's got a really, really good shot to get some postseason honors, whether that's a Pro Bowl or whatever. But he was borderline... In that yep. you know, in that conversation with one leg, God help him if he has two. Exactly, and the other thing is, I don't know if you want to go messing with you know, you know, the relationship, uh, center quarterback relationship is a key one. I don't know if that's anything you want to go uh, diminishing. Obviously, even not now, but certainly not in 2020. Chris Hubbard, Pete, he may he may not be here week one. Um, it's possible. I, I think he will be here this year, uh, and I don't think he will be here in 2020, though I don't think it's going to be a cut. I think he's going to be a guy that at some point they try to trade. Absolutely. Oh, your right tackle went down. Wink, wink. We know John loves the phone if you're watching any of the uh, building the Browns. So, uh, yeah, somebody's tackle gets hurt, John's going to be on the phone in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I, well, first and foremost, you know, they have seven draft picks for next year. No, they have uh, nine. Know, or nine, uh, I think they would like to continue to keep that, you know, that chest going. Um, they may be potentially in the market to get some con- compensatory, maybe next year. They may be just as aggressive. But Hubbard becomes a guy that if, you know, uh, after after this coming year, uh, he becomes very cheap. And he, you know, in a league that is desperate for offensive linemen, Chris Sorry. Hubbard is not good. But he's definitely a guy who can stand in there and play. And, it, you know, I, I, I would imagine he will stay here for no other reason. They need depth. He got a very lucky last year. Uh, but he, obviously he could win, <coughs> win the starting job this year. But, you know, even if even if they move on uh, for Kendall Lamb or, or somebody else on this roster or not on this roster, uh, you know, I think he becomes a guy that's very easy to move for something. Uh, yeah, and um, we're talking to you, Houston Texans. We're talking to you. Uh, if it doesn't work out where Chris Hubbard isn't a starter and, uh, yeah, send over a day three pick. We'll get you a right tackle. Duke Johnson, uh, this is 
this is probably the wild card of this whole list. Who the hell even knows at this point? It's never been Duke the player. It's just whether or not they feel they want to save uh, you know some money. I, I, I don't. It, it's Duke Johnson is just one of the weirdest situa- situations in the NFL right now. Part of me feels like if he makes it, you know, to this year, he actually has a better shot of making it next year. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that comes down to money. Uh, and and I, I know people are going to be well. He's an expensive, you know, third back or whatever. He's a twenty twenty. He could possibly not be a third back though. Right. That becomes the well. That, that that that's certainly part of it. But the other part of it is if you do actually embrace the idea that he's sort of a joker player. Like he's making about as much money as guys like James White and stuff like that. But if for whatever reason, you know, if they if they embrace the idea that he's more of a receiver than he is a tailback, but he can do tailback things, uh, and you know they they they're gonna lose a couple receivers next year, he may be a guy that's suddenly looked at more favorably because he can plug and play as opposed to they need to get a rookie in here to hopefully step up. So. He he really is a wild card. I will say no, just so I have an answer down, so I can be wrong. But he, the longer he stays here, the safer he feels. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things where you could wake up. We could wake up tomorrow morning and do Johnson's gone, or you know, we could still be saying two years from now. It's weird. Do Johnson still here? Still around? Still kicking? So uh, it's. He's the ultimate wild card as far as this Browns roster is concerned. Terrence Mitchell to be on the roster in 2020, I, I don't see a possible way. It will be the Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams. They will be the focal points of your roster. Guys like Terrence Mitchell, Carey, those guys will be long gone by then, going into 2020. Uh, I As I look up his contract, I think he will absolutely be here. Uh, I think he is extraordinarily cheap, even if he's a backup. Uh, this year he's making two point eight million dollars. Next year he's making three million dollars. That's a gift of a contract. Uh, I, you know, when uh, yeah, he was initially signed, deals. Okay. when I was when I when he was initially signed, I, I didn't think this guy was going to do anything. But the fact that he overperformed on that first year, uh, if he just he just has to play reasonably well to be valuable enough to stay here long term, I think he's a a a Mortal lock. Uh, there are other corners on this team I think will be gone, but he's definitely the one that's, you know, from a financial standpoint, if you're looking at it from the look of Denzel Ward, uh, Greedy Williams, if he delivers, uh, you know, and uh, having him, there are some other guys like Eric Murray on a one year contract, uh, you know, the TJ Carey making a lot of money. So I, I think he's absolutely going to be here for the next couple of years. He may not like it uh, if he plays, continues to play well, uh, but that is sort of the situation he is in. Well, and then the, the other th- option with Terrence Mitchell would be to play your way to getting traded to a place where you can start. But uh, obviously right That would now, be the other scenario is if, if they feel so good about their situation. But again, he's really cheap. And for a team like the Browns, that, that needs all the the cheap contracts they can get for good players. Uh, you know, again, we'll see how he plays this year. Maybe that will change if he doesn't play well. But right now, he is one of the valuable contracts on the roster. Eh, and the way you're spinning it, obviously with the money, which I probably should do a little more homework on. But I mean, you could maybe kick 
Denzel inside in three cornerback looks. Sure and, I could. Mean, you, you could have a lot of lot a lot of flexibility with the position when you were only pay, you know you're playing a, you know a rookie first round pick who was drafted four obviously making a ton of money, but Greedy's not making a ton, and obviously you would have Mitchell not making a ton. Desmond Harrison. <laughs> is he is he gonna is he gonna be here September first? Not uh, you know anything twenty twenty related. I think he is a guy that they will try like hell to move this this year uh, in camp or otherwise. I think they will try whether it's a a guy we're not going to keep for a guy another team's not going to keep. Yep. Type deal or maybe it's a conditional seventh if he makes the other team's roster. I think he's the guy they're going to try to move. Again, to some teams he may have more value than than to the Browns. He you know if you believe, if you bought into the idea that he's young-ish, and that he is athletic enough, Ish. and he can do some blocking. You know, a team like the Saints might be interested in him as a as a backup-type uh, swing guy. I don't like him, but uh, there are probably some other teams that like him. And, and you know, if uh, you know, if there's another team that sort of had their eyes on him previously and he gets out there, maybe sort of viewed like a, you know, a late, you know, a, a late draft pick-type thing. I think there will be some interest. I think he will get traded. Uh, it's definitely a good possibility with Desmond Harrison. I, I don't I don't even see him in the 19 plan, so that, that's where we're at with Desmond Harrison. Uh, Greg Robinson, Pete, you've made this point a bunch of times. Greg Robinson is either going to play him way play his way to be too expensive for the Browns to keep, or Greg Robinson, it'll be, okay, you are a good enough left tackle, but we've got a really, really solid franchise quarterback, and this, I mean... If you were going to put a gun to my head right now and say what position would the Browns take first, what would be the first position they want to attack in the 2020 NFL draft? For me, it would be left tackle. You need to get Baker, his island guy. Yeah, no question. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see a way that Greg Robinson is going to be good enough that you're happy to keep him as your starter and yet cheap enough that you're actually going to be able to sign him for something that's going to work. Uh, I think... You know, you, you look at guys like Nate Solder. Uh, you look at guys like Trenton Brown. You got it. Offensive tackles get paid. And he, if he has a reasonably decent season, somebody will give him a, a bunch of money. Uh, so this, you know, and it's, this is, he has already exceeded what he was tasked in here to do. And if he can give you a, a solid year uh, on this one, then you're going to be thrilled and you're going to be happy he did it. You're going to be happy he gets a big contract elsewhere. You're going to be happy to take the potential uh, compensatory pick uh, for it. And everybody's going to sort of basically shake hands and go, we totally, you know, everybody's happy for everybody on that one. That's a win-win. Yep. You helped us. We helped you. Good luck. Congratulations on the ton of money. And we hope you go to the NFC. Uh, Drew Stanton. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a maybe. I mean, because with the backup quarter position, you play with the theory of I hope you never have to play. But you know, by next off season, Baker's going to be twenty five years old. I mean, you might want to just go ahead and find a rookie who can maybe. I don't think Baker's going to need the the mental assistance, the extended coach. It might be somebody that you could actually trust if you actually had to play a game without Baker Mayfield being your backup quarterback. Yeah, I think he's safe. Uh, I think that's more of a security blanket than anything else. I think, you know, you look at uh, 
the guys that like Peyton Manning and 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 Tom Brady have had for years and years and years. Uh, you know, Jim Sorge kept getting a contract. Uh, they have, you know, whatever you know, whatever the sort of the yank the yang is in terms of the contract, or I'm, I'm sorry, in terms of the coaching staff that that sort of. Uh, whatever the quarterback coaches and offenses are giving you that, you know, there's sort of that guy that feels like he's on your team and, and may see, see something on the field during game days that you sort of, you know, value as feedback. I, I think Stanton will be fine. Okay. So as we get more through this, the uh, list of players who could be on the 2020 roster or guys that are eventually going to have to move on from, this is where we get to some of the interesting names Pete, and I guess we'll clump these two together because I, I think it's one. I think you can only sign one, or maybe with the, what the Browns did in the draft this year, if it pans out like they think, maybe it'll be none. But Joe Schobert, Marius Randall. I I assume Joe Schobert will be here. Uh, I you know, I I'm going to ride that until I'm loud wrong and they let him go. He's just too damn good for what and the we're going to scream does. and yell about it. He's too, yes, he's too damn good for what he does and what he does to fit where the Browns are right now. You know, his coverage ability is is one of the best in the league, and the Browns are a team that can score a bunch of points. Uh, he's a very, very, very good football player, uh, and you can afford one big linebacker contract, and, and, and he's the guy you would give that contract, whether it's at Mike, at Will. There are just not... Uh, not that many linebackers that can do what he can do. So, if you're talking about 10 million a year, 12 million a year, I'm happy to offer it to him right now and get that deal done. Randall, I, th- I think, is not going to. He's already like granted. Don't get me wrong. It is the fifth year option. He is currently the fifth highest paid safety in in the NFL. And, and this that, is after a crazy free agent class where these safeties got paid out the. Wazoo. Now, granted, that will drop next year, but he's not that good that he's going to warrant that type of money. And I think he's, you know, I, I don't know what the, the discussions are in there, but it seems like he wants more money than the Browns are willing to spend, whether they're just like playing hardball with it or, you know, he wants just more money than he's worth. I don't know. But that, that whole thing flipped after free agency. I'm telling you right now, Demarius Randall and his camp had one figure in mind. And then the free agency run went through. And I'm telling you right now, they all sat down and talked again and everything changed. And you can't, you'll never blame the player for going to get his. Demarius Randall and his camp said, whoa, look what these guys are getting in free agency. And I definitely think that. He may that may have priced Demarius Randall out of their plans, and uh, he's another guy. I think you know if he gets on the open market, somebody will give him more money than he, than he probably warrants. And you know, great, g- good for him. I mean, I'm, but uh, yes, that that becomes a position they'll obviously have to address. But I think they're more or less making peace with the fact that. And again, things could change, but I, I think right now Randall's the odd man out. It's yeah, in my opinion, yeah, that would it, it's going to be trending that way. And look, I mean, we've talked about Joe at nauseum. He's integral, in my opinion. Absolutely 100% integral. You need to find a way to make it work. And that'll leave us here. Um, these two receivers go hand in hand, and obviously, but uh, so Rashard Higgins, Jarvis Landry, Kareem Hunt, Pete. 
Uh, Richard Higgins will be gone uh, unless he su- suffers a you know catastrophic injury that would end his season and then come back cheaper. I think he's going to have more than a good enough year to get a, a substantial Jamison, Jamison Crowder type of contract. And you know it's going to be more than the Browns are you know really able to afford at this point. Uh, I, I I'm going to say Jarvis Landry won't be back, but I'm sure I will be wrong because every. So every step of the way, even though I'm right about everything I'm saying in terms of what he does and what he is, you're they still wrong. pay him. Uh, they, they they still insist, you know, they're still sending the message. That they insist he's worth basically the same amount of money as Odell Beckham. Um, again, I, I think when we get to next year, this off season, I first I don't think he's going to play. I think he's going to be underwhelming performance wise this year, even if he's more efficient. I just don't think that you're going to be, you know. People are going to be happy enough with what he does or doesn't do. And if they ask him to restructure, I think Jarvis Landry is ultimately going to be like, look, I can get another big contract. And he's right. He'll only be 28. And he can can catch 100 balls a year. So, you know what? If I'm the shittiest team in the league, get him on the horn. I'll go there, catch 100 in passes, and get me my money, which is what you should do if you're Jarvis Landry. So. You know, I, I don't buy the idea that he's going to, you know, take a, a substantial pay cut so he can stay and be with his buddy. That's just not realistic. Uh, so I'll say no to both. Okay, and then that brings us uh, Rashard Higgins. I mean, look, y- y- the money you're going to save with Landry if it works out in that scenario, which I, I do agree with Pete. It, it's it's you only need one alpha at the wide receiver position, especially with Baker. Find guys who can run routes. Run. You don't need to pay Jarvis Landry the money you're paying him because you can find guys who can do that, and you can probably find them for $10 million less per season, guys. I mean, we've talked about this. Um, Higgins, look, uh, obviously for him, he might – we'll see how it – if he can meet the statistical production that he had last year. Um, but, look, there's value, and there's, there's teams that would just rather sign wide receivers than draft them. And you saw that with a lot of this wide receiver class. I mean, you know, Harmon going in the sixth round to Washington still blows my freaking mind. Yeah, the guy runs a slow 40, but, you know, he played in the SEC, so he still put up production. Which brings us to the final one here, Pete. Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kareem Hunt is here, in my opinion, to get hopefully put up a fat statistical, uh, you know, stat sheet over eight weeks and just go off to whoever wants to pay him to be their, you know, number one. Yeah, I don't see how, you know, unless he screws up, uh, that he's back. And That's what makes he, this better for Duke's longevity is, look, you know, Duke may have to kind of like eat it the second half of the 19 season, but could still stick around for the 20 season because everybody knows, like, Kareem's, Kareem's only renting, dude. He ain't buying. Yeah, so, it, it, look, if he, if he has remotely productive season and teams are basically comfortable enough to eat whatever small PR hit would come with signing him after the Browns already did it, uh, there's going to be a market for him. You know, you could see him end up on any number of teams, uh, and, and it probably will be relatively cheap still. He, I mean, he'll get paid more than he's getting paid this year, but I think you can get him for a, a smaller amount of money. So if you're a contender trying to take that next step, like the Colts stand out next year as an option, uh, that they can grab a guy like him and try to make that you know next big move uh, in terms of con- contending. 
Oh, absolutely agree there. Uh, this is uh, actually, uh, well, I'm sorry, uh, iTunes rating reviews, guys. Uh, do me a favor. It you know, draws in new listenership. Please tell everybody how hard, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, Pete and myself are working here continually to put you guys out a solid product day in, day out, even if we do take the occasional day off. But go ahead over there, drop a five-star, drop a written review on iTunes. Greatly appreciated. Thank you all so much. Now, this would be from Andrew Motes. When the season begins, barring no injuries, who do we see as the fifth wide receiver on this team, Pete? We know who the first four are, or at least should be. Well, perfect situation would be Duke. Um, who would actually be there? Are we talking in terms of, like, the roster? Um that yeah, becomes, I guess it would be game day roster, yeah. I mean, because yeah. you know, then you have to factor in specials, obviously, in those things. Uh, that's interesting. Let's see. There's Who a couple that? of ways to look. I mean, for me, there's a couple of ways to look at it. You know, uh, obviously, Sheehy Giuseppe. Maybe they're hoping he can make it as a return man. Come on. I'm just saying, Pete. That's a uh, really. I, I mean, it's look, a huge he will absolutely be just the best player ever. Uh, in preseason and all that, and, and surprise. I, but I still think he's basically here to be a practice kicker off return. Although, you know... Not much faith in the Arizona Junior College system, my God. Um, look, Damian Ratley, he's got the one year under his belt of doing this type of stuff. He played a ton of specials. Um, this small amount, obviously, you know, some people go back to that Charger game and, oh, well, he dropped a couple of passes. Yeah, this was a rookie's first experience. I think he caught, I think it was 7 for 86, whatever that day. Um, and he obviously you know already knows he's going to play specials. Talked to Damien, you know, actually a week or two after he was drafted. You know, he came in with this mindset: I'm going to have to do some of the dirty work. So, those are some of the names here. But you know, it is going to be tough. But I mean, you are talking about the fifth wide receiver, and after what is you know should be a pretty good and productive four, though. Right. Um... It's a big offseason for Derek Willies because if he can get bigger and stronger, that becomes very tantalizing because he's just so big. Um, I don't think Jalen I'm, – I'm still amazed Jalen Strong is on the roster right now. Damian Ratley certainly interesting because he is he's bigger than people think he is um, and does offer speed and some of those other things. Uh, DJ Montgomery from Austin P is at least interesting, uh, but I'm not really buying that. Blake Jackson is another one who's interesting, but I expect he's going to get cut. Uh, Ishmael Hyman, um, sure. Uh, and then <laughs> Dorian Baker is one I, I think is worth keeping an eye on because he was very good at one year of Kentucky, but he's had just so many I- issues with injury. So really, I think the battle. The, the, at least the thing with Dorian Baker is uh, Dorian Baker went through an entire college experience without playing with a quarterback. So he is somebody that can maybe light the lamp when if you can get open, it doesn't matter who you are. Baker ain't biased; he'll throw it to you. So if he can find himself, create a little niche, but obviously offer some spe- special teams assistance, Dor- Dorian Baker is an interesting name. So the three big guys, Baker, uh, Ratley, and Willies are the guys I think are going to c- come down to. And I will say I'll, I'll throw Ratley a bone. I, if, if he can offer the yards after the catch ability and deep ball, be- you know, theoretically – Based on what he did at Texas A&M, mm-hmm. he has a chance to replace some of what uh, Brashad Perryman did, uh, and that could be intriguing. And if he does deliver on the special teams side, then they, that that could be the be- best option uh, right now. 
it's tough for me. I'll always go for my guy. Uh, like Damien from the jump. Uh, good kid. Uh, he, he does everything that's asked of him. It, it, it's going to be interesting, though. I mean, and there's some guys here that we all kind of like, and, you know, we appreciate what they bring, but the product that Cleveland Browns are bringing right now, it's, it's not a question of being good enough anymore. It's, you know, you got to be better, and we're going we're gonna to lose a bunch of these guys, and it's just sad, sad state of affairs. Uh, next question here from Dale Harris, and this one is actually pretty good. Can we go with two rostered QBs instead of three to save a roster spot, assuming this means Stanton goes? Pete's all for this. I know you're for this, Pete. There ain't no doubt about it. Oh, 100%. I, I think they should keep two quarterbacks and put a third one on practice squad or basically by the phone, uh, ready to call up if, if the worst happens. Because, look, if Baker Mayfield goes down, season's over anyway. Um, if, if, if it's a short-term answer. And even know, still, but you're not looking to develop anybody at that point. You're just looking for Baker to get as healthy as he can. and we'll, we'll... Yeah, so if you're saying, well, Baker's going down for three games, who do you want? You know, no one that they have right now. I don't want Garrett Gilbert on the field. I, you know, Drew, Drew Stanton at least wins. How uh, dare you? His numbers are horrifying. How dare you disrespect uh, so unless, an AAF Hall of Famer? Unless one of those guys, uh, you know, is so good, that, like David Bluff or Blow or whatever, his, however you pronounce it, from Purdue, is so good that you're like, we can't let this guy get on the practice squad. Then roster two QBs because look at look at all the guys we're talking about that could be potential cuts just to not make the you know the fifty three. The question you have to ask yourself is, and I understand like you're worried about well, what if Baker gets hurt? Well, again, if Baker gets hurt, you've got more than more issues than than that. But the yeah, the, looking, the answer to that isn't here now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you're saying, would I rather have you know a six DB or uh, Garrett Gilbert. Would I rather have this extra receiver or Garrett Gilbert? Would I rather have another offensive or defensive lineman or Garrett Gilbert? To me, the answer is never going to be Garrett Gilbert. Exactly, because these guys are actually going to take reps. <laughs> yeah, and special teams. I mean, of that, course, that, that that next that that fifty third guy may be entirely there for special teams as opposed to now. If they get a quarterback, they can be a gunner. Then let's talk. But Taste some help. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a guy that says uh, they can do more than that one thing. So that's the issue. Is you got to get more out of that position. Uh, 100% agreement. Um, for me, the interesting name could be. Um, I don't know where Miami is going to go now. Are Are you going to pay Ryan Fitzpatrick all that money when your full intention 100% should be? To be Josh Rosen's job, I, I I don't know how you work it. I don't know how you get out of it. Do you just pay him and say yes. you're out of here? But that becomes a little bit more interesting, Pete. A name like that where it's all right, yeah. Every quarterback besides Baker Mayfield, you're gone. And we signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's already getting paid, so you should be able to get him on the cheap. Where maybe if something did happen to Baker, you maybe have a guy who could do some things. That would be the interesting one, and I, I get you know, and obviously you know the Monken relationship is there, so that would be the interesting name, and he wouldn't cost you much because Miami is going to pay all the freight on that anyway. Uh, if I'm Miami in that scenario, I would basically tell tell the team like the Browns or otherwise, uh, we will eat all the money. 
and we want a draft pick, and it would not be cheap. So, and by not cheap, I mean like a fourth round pick. Um, and maybe or, but I mean, you can kick. You know, you can obviously. There's there's some loose change here with the Browns that can be kicked that way because there's some guys that are not going to make the. Are you interested in Desmond Harrison? Sure, he was going to get cut anyway. You can have him. Are you? Oh, yeah, we're cutting him too. You want him? Go. That's fine. But they have to eat all the money on that. Otherwise, it's not going to fit. So, yeah, I, th- th- that's a scenario that could be attractive. But overall, I, again, I'd rather just have uh, six on the field. field. For the but next, it, but yeah. I, I don't disagree with that idea at all. I mean, if you get a guy who can actually play and get you through a couple games, yes, great. But if you if he goes down for the season, it doesn't matter. Exactly. If it's a collarbone, if it's a lower extremity, uh, guys, it was fun, but it's freaking over. Um, but you know. There's somebody that could possibly do some things if you had to. And uh, Nick Foles is in here behind door number three to bail anybody out as he'll be the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Pete, anything we missed? I think we're good, right? We missed anything? Uh, just Xavier and Howard getting his fat payday, uh, which I, I, I suppose is very good for the Dolphins. Uh, I, I, you know, there was yeah. a lot of speculation that they might trade him. Uh, I hope to... it's front-loaded. hope it's front-loaded. <laughs> Oh, I imagine it would be uh, that, that they might trade him to continue that teardown and get a, a, what could have been a very nice asset for him, uh, but ultimately a smart decision for them to keep what is the brightest star on that team right now uh, in got, one of the better mean, corners. But, but keep something good. You have him. You have Minka. You've got a, some semblance of something somewhere. There's no reason to move on from that. I mean, if Josh Rosen hits for them, then you're – yeah, I mean, you're a lot better off than they were. Devontae Parker uh, and we... Yeah, uh, and look, that, that, there's no question. But it, what it does is it takes that possibility out of the mix. And it, we're, we're, we're left with Chris Harris, which John Elway is still talking to, and, and, and their GM, whoever that is that's not John Elway, the other guy, are talking to Chris Harris's agent. You've got Patrick Peterson still out there as a possibility. Xavier Howard is out of that mix, so that is at least uh, one chip that's sort of out of the way. Now, does that mean that either of those other guys is more likely to get moved? I don't know, but uh, at the very least, there's no, well, you know, we don't want to trade for this player because Xavier Howard is out there. That That is officially out of the way. Yeah, and, and I mean, good for him. I mean, obviously, God bless him. I mean, at the pick at the time, there wasn't a people uh, people who t- knew a ton about him. But, um, you know, be athletic, have some length, play feisty at the cornerback position. You're going to make a ton, ton of money. And there was somebody that brought it up today, and it was, I know it was in reference to Justin Lane, where, you know, he realized he wasn't playing much at wide receiver, but he realized he was a six foot two guy. And, look, let me play some corner. Do you need some help there? And, you know, you can't length size at the cornerback position. It's It doesn't grow on trees. So if you got one and he's a good one, you better lock him up. So I made a smart move there. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dogbound. Uh, Pete Smith, uh, the new project, hopefully launching soon here, guys. I may actually put some, uh, words onto a computer screen to help my buddy out here. But, uh, I know he's been working. He's got a bunch of, when it does drop, it's not just going to be one piece. Pete's got a bunch of work, uh, you know, in the hopper for you. You guys are going to enjoy it and be able to check it out. And even for those detractors, Pete's 
get a good stable within the community of some people who can you know help him with info and stuff of that nature so we'll get to all that here um so go ahead and make sure you're following at underscore pete smith the locked on browns twitter account make sure you're following it's always a follow back account and that's where we get to questions like this guys if you enjoyed the segment on you know, explaining the linebacker play and stuff like that guys if you want some more of this please just let us know we have no problem bringing that in here go through routes and stuff like that whatever o-line play whatever it's it's more we can adapt to it and uh, now would be the time because obviously once we get clear to in-season stuff it's gonna be a little bit more difficult to kind of go off the grid there um, me personally at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd go and make sure you follow over there please as well um again the support here it just continues to get bigger and stronger and i thank every one of you for that um this show is what you guys allow us to make it i mean you guys keep coming you keep listening we're going to keep putting out the best we can for you. And it's never changed. That's been that way from day one. So I appreciate everybody on that front here. Um, put a close to this one here. LGB on the LOB.